I just had a little chat with God and I was like, God, I know that you know that June 1st is coming up and if it's your will or whatever, wherever this job is, I know you have the job already chosen for me. You know where I'm going to go work. What, you know, what is it? Please reveal it. And it wasn't long after that, that a friend of mine that already worked at the church where I attended, she was in a, like an accountability group with me and she called and said that there was an opening at the church that I might be interested in. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 44, Doris's Fierce Calling God's Story of the Altered Stories show. I can't believe we're in November. So happy November. For those of you that don't know me, this is Michelle Saunders Gutch, Cheers God's storytelling host and founder of Altered Stories Ministry, a faith-based nonprofit that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. Before I introduce my special guest, Doris Swift, I'd like to share just an exciting update regarding the show. I am excited that our show is continuing to grow And our listening audience actually doubled last month. Many thanks to all of you that are listening and to our new listeners on Ghana from India. I believe many of our new listeners are in India. Also, if you are a listener and you've been blessed by one of our God stories shared, please let me hear from you. I would love to know how you've been transformed through the God stories that we've shared. I also wanted to share that I'm getting some great feedback on the new show segment. I've added Mima moments. Thanks to those who are sharing your feedback. I'm also excited to share that I'm bringing a couple of other guest co-hosts on the podcast this year. So stay tuned for my podcast co-host announcements in the future. And do give a listen to my latest podcast where I brought Teresa Blaze on. And her and I have a lot of fun talking about the blog topics and some other opinions we have on voting as a Christian. So now it's time for me to do a podcast shout out. I love to do this. And I want to give a shout out to Annie Allen, who's the podcast host of the Starting Over Stronger podcast. And she brought me on the show to share why I believe storytelling is so important in divorce recovery. I definitely recommend this podcast to help those of you that are going through a divorce. Annie has some great insight and great guests, and you can actually listen to her podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and other major platforms. So Annie, if you're listening to this podcast, kudos to you. Thank you for having me as a guest, and thank you for supporting Altered Stories. So now it's time to get to know Doris. Doris gave me a bio, and All of you that are listening know I love the bio part. I love to be able to introduce my guests. So I will let her talk, and she will talk and talk and talk. 
But I want to at least share this. She is an inspirational blogger, speaker, podcast host, and author of Goodbye Regret, Forgiving Yourself of Past Mistakes. What a great name for a book. She's been in ministry for more than 30 years. She's passionate about encouraging and equipping and engaging women to walk deeper in God's word and use their gifts to impact the world for Christ. Man, I love this sister. This is precious because that's where I'm at. And I love what she's doing. Also, from what I understand, she likes caramel coffee with whipped cream. And she's been married to her best friend for 36 years. That's a long time. I've seen pictures of her husband there, the kids, and her daughter, her family. She, I guess, has uh, six grandchildren who affectionately call her Gammy in addition to her adult kiddos. So, hello, Doris. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today in Florida? Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. And I'm doing wonderful here in Florida. It's uh, cooled off a little bit. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I don't know what it's typically like in Florida in October and November. Is it like 60 degrees or so? It can be, uh, you know, a few days ago, it was in the upper 80s. So it's very crazy. I was born and raised in New Jersey, but I moved here in ninth grade. So I was very used to all the seasons and the change of seasons and the very like specific changing. But down here in Florida, it's a little bit different because you don't have a, a fall per se, but about this time, it starts to get a little bit cooler. So last week, it felt pretty much like summer. <laughs> so now it's getting cooler, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay cooler. It could go back up to 80 something, you know, tomorrow. So you just never know. But it is a beautiful state and it is the sunshine state. So it's it's a it's a great place. Um I do miss the snow a little bit, but I can always visit that. <laughs> you can. And I love to come visit your state, just so you know. I've been to a lot of different beaches, although there's a lot more to explore. Love Destin. I love Panama City Beach. I've been to South Beach. I've been to Miami Beach. I've been to Fort Lauderdale area been to Boca Raton or Raton. I don't know. Is it Raton or Raton? Um, all those, all those different areas. They have been uh, pretty much most in the panhandle area. And I'm looking forward to doing more exploring there. And I love the beach, Doris. I love it. So I'm excited. I know someone from there. And when I, come through, maybe get to visit. Say hi. Hello. You're always welcome. Yeah, we're closest to New Smyrna Beach, which is a beautiful beach. And we have a really wonderful city. It's very quaint and has a lot of history and a lot of art. So it, it's a really beautiful place to visit. So let me know when you come this way. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So Doris, I'm just so excited that you're here and you're a guest on the show. 
Is there anything else that you might want to share before I, I go into a few more questions? Well, I'm, I'm just blessed. I know that the Lord knows exactly what is going to happen with the podcast and with your podcast. It's amazing how you're reaching so many listeners with the truth of the gospel and how our stories are so important to share because that's how we connect. And so I just, I'm just blessed to be here and I just pray that the listener is blessed today. And I know that God will just have us to share whatever it is that he knows that the person listening needs to hear. Yes, I think so too. And, you know, Doris, I know that you've struggled a little bit with your health through the pandemic. How are you doing with that? You know, what, what words can you give to those that may have COVID or, you know, just some encouraging words? Yes, I certainly can give some encouraging words. The way that it happened was we were caring, my husband and I were caring for our grandson our oldest grandson, while my daughter was away on her honeymoon. And she just um, married this wonderful man, David. We love him. And he has three children. He has triplets. And then my daughter had a son. So they're a blended family. And it's just awesome. And while they were away, we were staying at their house so that I could bring Jaden to school every day. And there was an outbreak at school a few not an outbreak, I, I guess you wouldn't call it an outbreak, but there were several students that came down with it and a teacher. So next thing you know, Jaden wasn't feeling so well. So we um, had him tested and he tested positive. I tested po positive, but not that day. That day I was negative, but my symptoms came a few days later. It felt more to us like we had a bad cold. So the doctor just said, take cold medicine. We were taking zinc and magnesium, vitamin C. So we were really pumping up on the good, healthy things. And we were taking some cold medications too, but we never had a fever, none of us. We took Jaden with us back to our house to um, quarantine. So we had to quarantine for 14 days and he stayed with us. So this way my daughter can disinfect their house because we had already left and so none of the other family would would get it from that. But anyway, so we actually spent a lot of time together. And even though we didn't feel so great, it wasn't the worst sickness I've ever had, you know, so I know it affects people differently. Um, I think the health department said it's not this a different strain. It's the same strain. So I don't know. They're just learning so much about it and learning new things every day about it. But um, we started feeling better and actually got back to work. Jaden's back at school. So I still can't taste or smell right now. They say that can last a little bit. And so not tasting is not too exciting. <laughs> not happy about it. But I am just trusting God that my taste is going to come back before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I think it will. And you know, when you have a cold, you lose kind of your sense of taste anyway. You know, I mean, at least I have. And there have been many times. And it isn't any fun, you know. And, you know, it's just not fun to be sick at all. So I am so grateful, though, that you guys are all doing really well. 
and you're recovering and, you know, we'll continue to pray for you so that you get your, your taste. But I think it will probably come back more quickly than you think. So, yes. Well, cool. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I know we have a lot to cover, but, you know, there are just a few questions I always think is really good and allowing the listeners to kind of learn more about you. And, you know, you have how many, six grandchildren and they call you Gammy? What is that like? What do you like the most about being a Gammy? Oh, it's so wonderful. Yes. Um, so as I said, my daughter has uh, had one son and then now with the um, three children that are David's. So I've got four grandkids then with my um, daughter and son-in-law and then with my son and my daughter in love, they have two boys. So at first I had three boys and then with the other kids coming on board, now I have another grandson and two more grandkids, granddaughters, which is amazing because I didn't have any granddaughters. So what a blessing, but I just love being able to kind of speak into their lives and share just the love of Jesus with them and do fun things. They keep us young. They keep us young. And it's just, it's just fun. And you know, that whole thing about, oh, you know, you have them and then you can give them back. And that's not like the funnest thing, you know, give them all like the sugar and then you can just send them home. But I, I think the most exciting thing is getting to just see them grow into what God has created them to be each day and how they are just, you know, how they all have their own separate personalities and gifts and talents that God has given them and just encouraging them to be able to share those. And I I think encouragement is so important for kids because even through the pandemic too, we sometimes forget how it affects the, the young people too, the kids, and it's, you know, really affected them. They had to go through a time where they couldn't be with their friends. And there's a lot of different things that we can do in their lives or, you know, we're driving them somewhere. It's a captive audience. So we can talk with them and ask some questions. And I've learned over the years that you have to ask open-ended questions because otherwise you'll get just yes, no, okay. You know, so you want to ask like thought provoking questions and you get the most amazing answers sometimes that you wouldn't expect. I have a few fun, fun answers that I, if I have a minute, I could share those. Yeah, you, uh, you, you have a minute. Okay. Yeah. So one time I was driving one of my grandsons um, to school and I asked him, you know, how things were going because he just started in middle school. This was when Braden was going into middle school. It was his first year. And I asked him how things were going and he didn't, didn't seem real excited about it. So I was just, you know, concerned as a, a grandma. I was concerned. I was like, well, is there something you want to talk about with Gammy? Is there some, some trouble you're having with some kids or a teacher or anything like that? And he said, no, it's just it's just harder, <laughs> harder than elementary school was. And so I told him it's all relative. So when you get to high school, you're going to think that middle school was easier. So it's kind of like cool to be able to speak those truths and encouragement into the lives of the kids. 
Well, and I love that you shared that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to add the Meemaw moment segment on the podcast, because our board uh, VP, she has had, you know, been caring for her grandkids for years and years and years. And there's so much that she's been able to glean from it or teach in the moments. And I just believe that needs to be esteemed. I believe the role needs to be esteemed too. And maybe because now I'm a Gigi or a Gigi and, you know, I'm um, developing my relationship with my 18 month old granddaughter who is just the biggest hoot and the life of the party. I mean, she, she's got a larger than life personality. Uh, and so God, I know, gives us these grandchildren, right? For the blessing and for us to um, share his love with. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit anyway. So, you know, we introduced you and you share in your bio, your passion around women's ministry, encouraging them, equipping them, engaging them to walk in God's words. So can you share a little bit more about that too? And, you know, I have a women's ministry and similar to you, I just, I want women to be all that they need to be and allow God to just radiate through them to the calling and to, you know, be everything that God intended for, for each woman. So, yeah, I think it's so important because God calls us to encourage each other and lift each other up. And so often women may have gifts and talents that they're leaving on the table unwrapped that for some reason they aren't feeling as though they even have any kind of calling or that God could use them in any way. And it could stem from something that, has happened to them in the past or something that they did in the past or, you know, their past doesn't discount their grace story or they're being able to be used by God. It actually becomes part of that. And so just wanting to encourage women that God has given us gifts to use to impact the world and we can make a difference. And it just brings so much joy. And I don't want any woman to miss out because every woman of God, as I say, um, every woman of God has a fierce calling and everybody has a story. So we can tell them to glorify God, but also ministers to others and he can use that in many ways i once spoke at a women's event and a lot of my heart stems from something that happened at that event we were um talking about finding joy in our calling and that was what my talk was finding joy in your calling and i just asked the women to write down on a little slip of paper what threatened to steal their joy and I wasn't sure how many women would actually do it because, you know, when you go to a conference, a lot of times women are like, oh, I hope they're not going to ask me to do something, you know, stand on one foot or, you know, switch tables or whatever. And so I just, you know, I said, you know, there are a lot of things that you've come in this room with today that may be heavy on your heart, you know, a weight that you feel is on your shoulders. So just write down 
these joy stealers and bring them up and deposit them in a little box up front and then grab a white carnation as just affirmation that you are surrendering these to God and that you're taking up his peace and his joy. And although your circumstance may be the same when you leave here, you can have a peace about it and see it through God's eyes. So about every woman in the room did it. And the just reading those was such an eye-opener for me because at the end of the event, you know, things got busy and I grabbed the box and brought it home. And I just wanted to pray on those joy stealers that the women wouldn't take these things back, that they've surrendered. And when I was going through them, there were just so many things in there. You know, you see things like your schedule is crazy and, you know, the things with kids and all of this, but there were so many others in there that were so deep, like troubled marriages and addictions and just really hard things that the women felt compelled to write down on this slip of paper and it was all anonymous. So it's like they had permission to do that. And I just, it it just was such an impactful thing for me because it's my why. I just remember how it was reading those and, and I still pray that those women are, you know, did not give back get take back the joy stealers from God. I mean, actually nothing can steal our joy really because God has given it to us, but there are so many things that get in our way in life that we feel like we can't even move forward to do what God's calling us to do because of all of these heavy things weighing on us. So I just want to encourage women that even in the most difficult circumstances, God can still use them. They can still be used by God and they can with his help because we can't do it on our own, but with his help, we have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit within us. And so we want to step out of any doubt that we have and into that calling that he has for us, which can be different in different seasons of our lives. Yes. I love it. It's so encouraging what you're sharing. And you know, my heart just aches for women that I know that have callings and they've got strongholds. You know, there's so many different barriers to them being able to truly walk in their calling. And that's part of the reason I wanted to start Altered Stories Ministry because I feel so strongly that there's a lot of woundedness and brokenness in women. And, you know, some women haven't really taken the time to deal with it or, you know, they they don't realize that that is causing them a lot of anxiety. It's causing all kinds of things in their relationships, you know, in their work as a wife, as a mother, you know, just there's there's such a need, in my opinion, for women to really let go and let God. And that's, you know, been on my heart. Um, So I think you and I are very aligned in our hearts (laughs) for what we want. And so I love this. Um, So of course, Doris, you know, (laughs) in every one of my shows, I ask my guests, about their God stories. You've shared a few little God stories in our conversation, 
But I know you have quite an altered story of how God actually intercepted your intended path. And I think it would be really uh, inspiring for you to share that story with our listeners today. So can you share where your fierce calling God's story began? Absolutely. I will be so blessed to share my story. It started a while ago. I was a banker for almost 30 years, and I felt that God was using me there. I loved my customers, and I had a heart for helping people. I always wanted to help people and just be there for the people that were hurting. We had so many people that would come in. They might be lonely. They might have lost a spouse, and they just didn't have any idea how to do anything with finances because their spouse had always done it. And so there was a lot of opportunity to minister right there at work, which is one thing I want to encourage women right now, because sometimes, you know, they might feel like they're stuck in a job, like a dead end job, or they're stuck somewhere. And they feel like if only I could get a job in ministry somewhere, or if I could, you know, get out of this place and do something that God really wants me to do. I just encourage um, you know, the listener to look at where they are and to just see what divine appointments God may have for them right there, where they are, right where they are. And it, it doesn't mean that's the end of the story, but it's part of the story. So I had this plan. My husband and I had these plans that I would retire early at 50 and then I would stay at home and do some work in his business. He has a pest control business and, you know, be able to finally clean the house and <laughs> do the things that I didn't get to do when I worked all those hours. And, you know, I had given a lot of hours over to my job. I never really aspired to be a career person, like to have this career. It just kind of happened when I was younger. I kind of fell into banking and then I just never left. I thought it was just going to be like a temporary part-time job. And then, Almost 30 years later, I was still there. And I did, I did love it. I loved helping people. I loved, I loved the job itself. Uh, but you know, it could be difficult because when you work a lot of hours, there could be some mom guilt and things like that going on, you know, when you couldn't always be home with kids, uh, you know, if they were sick or whatever, there was a lot of responsibilities. And sometimes I did feel split, but you know, encouraging women as well that who are working outside the home, that God sees everything and he will multiply our time and he will open up the doors to be able to minister to people, not only at work, but at home. And if you are at home and that is where God has you, that's beautiful ministry too. So back to the retirement plan, I just thought, yeah, we're all set. We're going to retire. I'm going to retire at 50. And well, at 48, something happened where I was working. The company I was working for uh, had some really serious issues, and another company came in and bought them out. And at first, it seemed exciting, a new change, something different, and everything was going as planned still, my plan. But then the whole culture started changing, which a lot of people have experienced that. They might be working somewhere and then there's a big change. And next thing you know, 
you're feeling like there's this new building going up and you're not part of the blueprints. And so uh, after a pretty stressful time of change, which I know change can be a good thing, but in this situation, change was very difficult. It, there was a lot of things going on, you know, here that, um, you know, and I know that everybody was under a lot of stress and everybody wanted to show that they were performing and, you know, so that they could do the different things that they want to do in this new company. But I just sought God. I would just immerse myself in the Psalms and I would just seek his will because I just kept feeling like, God, this doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, but I don't want to move until you tell me to move. And you also have to tell my husband <laughs> that it's time too, so that we're both on the same page. So, because our plan was kind of looking like it was changing. So anyway, I, I just um, felt the Lord told me when it was time. So I turned in my resignation at 48 and it was very bittersweet just walking out because I had thought, you know, I'm going to retire at 50, you know, you get a little plaque with your name on it or whatever. You have a big party and it's just a fun celebration. And basically I just walked out on the last day and there, I mean, the, the coworkers had a party for me, you know, there and they gave me some gifts and stuff, but I felt like I walked out of that place just without much fanfare. It was just like any other day. And it was just strange that I wasn't coming back because after you're, you're doing something for that many years, it, it almost feels like it's part of your DNA. And I, it was just weird for me. And it took me a while to really come out of that place of feeling like, well, what do I, I don't know how to do anything now. What do I do? That was what I was, you know, my identity kind of got wrapped up in there somehow. And when it was gone, it was very difficult to peel myself away from that role that I played. So it, it was a difficult season, but I look back at it now because after that happened, it was a while that I did stay home as we had originally planned, but then God called me to go back out to work somewhere else. And I was like, where am I going to work? You know, who's going to want me at my age and all of that. And so just the encouragement there too, is that if we're still breathing and can fog a mirror, that means that we still have a calling and a purpose and a place, whether it still be at home, which would have been fine or out somewhere working or even volunteering. God is still wanting us to abide in him and share and bear fruit. So that is what I felt like that I was supposed to leave the house and go somewhere and work. And I'm like, well, where am I going to work? I don't want to work back, you know, in banking again. I want to go back there and do that all over again. And I don't want to work on weekends or holidays or late hours. And, you know, I had this whole laundry list of this perfect job description. And I think subconsciously I was thinking, this doesn't exist. <laughs> so that means I'm not going to have to actually go out and, and work anywhere because this job doesn't even exist. But I just, you know, it was probably January and the plan, the plan, there I go again with the plans, but the plan was to go back to June, you know, back to work by June 1st. And truth be told, when the beginning of May rolled around, I hadn't really been that proactive in looking for something outside of my home. And so I just had a little chat with God and I was like, God, I know that you 
know that June 1st is coming up. And if it's your will or whatever, wherever this job is, I know you have the, the job already chosen for me. You know where I'm going to go work. What, you know, what is it? Please reveal it. And it wasn't long after that, that a friend of mine that already worked at the church where I attended, she was in a, like an accountability group with me. And she called and said that there was an opening at the church that I might be interested in, which I just was like, wow, it was amazing. Because one of the things also that I didn't want to do was work on Fridays because I was volunteering at a pregnancy center. And so there were no Friday hours because the office closed on Friday, not, you know, we weren't open on weekends in the office and, you know, there's no holiday work and there's no long hours. So it was exactly this impossible job that I created in my mind and made this list, God fulfilled each thing, every single thing on the list. It was so amazing. And so I've been working, you know, on staff at my church since 2012. And I just, you know, I had been involved in women's ministry and all of that. And I just felt more and more God leading me to writing because I always loved to write some of my friends knew that I loved writing. And so one of them said, why don't you just start a blog and then you can just write about stuff. I was like, okay. So I started a blog, which is still out there somewhere. And I just, I cringe because it's horrible. <laughs> if you look at it, it's like so terrible. But anyway, it was called Subject to Change Life as We Know It was the name of the blog. And that was because my whole life kind of had changed and done a you know whole turnaround. And I, at first I was just writing about my family. And just like experiences that I had, and I would do like analogies and equate things, um, you know, that I would learn each day and things that I would read about in the word and then things that I could apply it, you know, help people apply it to their life. And so little by little, God kind of transitioned that into a ministry for women to encourage women, inspire women. And, you know, and then... I just, I mean, things were happening. I, I started really working on writing because when God calls us, he gives us all the tools that we need, but he calls us to continue to equip and be equipped. And he equips us, but he expects too that we don't just sit there, but that we actually continue to learn and grow. And so... I worked on the writing. I was in a lot of groups and things like that. And, and I self-published that book back in 2016, Goodbye Regret, because there had been so many things in my life that I felt that I had made mistakes in the past. And I knew that God forgave me because I had learned about the truth of the gospel, but I had a hard time forgiving myself. I would beat myself up about stuff. That I couldn't change, you know, it's kind of like the serenity prayer. It's like that we can't, you know, there's things that we can change, but there are things that we just can't change, you know, and so that we would have just that wisdom to know the things that we can't change. So I, I just figured if I'm having that struggle, I know that there's others out there that are having that struggle. So I, I entwine that with the story of the woman at the well. And so it's a very easy read. I wanted it purposely to be more like a ministry tool. So I've donated them to the pregnancy centers and I donated it to um, a local strip club of women who need to hear the truth. And 
I, you know, donated it to pr- prison ministries for women because um, I wanted them to hear the truth that their past has purpose. God can still use it and that they can forgive themselves for, mis- for mistakes and that the woman at the well, um, God did not condemn her. He knew what was going on. He had her kind of face what was going on in her life, but she could not contain the joy of the Lord in knowing and meeting Jesus. And so that that's the exciting thing. And then she just ran and told people about it. And she didn't really care what people thought. I mean, first she's going to the well at this crazy hour of the day that most other women don't go to the well because she probably didn't want to see other people because of her so-called reputation, you know, of all the the husbands that she's had and the guy that she was with wasn't even her husband, you know, as Jesus so like wonderfully and sweetly pointed out to her, although she knew that, of course, but it was a way that, you know, she knew that he knew these things and how would he know these things if he wasn't who he said he was? And so it was just encouraging for me to read that story. And I thought that would be a good story to put in the book. And there's some illustrations in there and, um, you know, just to share that truth. So that did that. And then uh, God put another book on my heart, which was Fierce Calling, because I wanted to share how other women are doing, like, how are other women doing this? How are other women using their gifts? What are they doing in ministry? And I wanted to use those stories to encourage other women, because some women may not know where they can use their gifts, what their gifts are, and where they can use them. So that was the heart behind the book. And then from there, God kept prompting me to do a podcast. And I was like, okay, about a year before my friend said, you should start a podcast. I'm like, I don't know what a podcast is. I don't even listen to podcasts. You know, what What would I talk about? And she said, well, just read your blog posts or something. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll think about it. Sure. And then little by little, you know, I just felt God calling me to do that and kind of make this book concept come alive and actually have women come on and, and sharing their stories about how they're using their gifts. And I always love to ask them, you know, where are you taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect? And I asked you that question too, Michelle, because you're on my, my show. Yours is coming out next. So I, yay, I know, I think it's so important. It's important though for women to hear those things. And so that's where that podcast came from. And I, you know, I ordered the mic and some of the equipment, I did some research and then. It just sat in the box for a while. And next thing you know, I'm opening the box and I'm going, okay, I think I'm going to do this thing. And God, you're go ahead, you know, whatever you want me to do. And I just spirit led and right about that time is when the Spark Christian Podcast Conference came out. And I was like, man, this is perfect. God, thank you. This is a cool timing, you know, for me to learn how to do this. Now that I'm doing it, it's like I must learn how to do it right. So it's exciting, but I just encourage people that, you know, it's like when you think your story's done, it is not done and you have no idea what is coming down the pike. God does, but he doesn't show you right away because it would be a little overwhelming if, you know, the day I turned in my resignation, you know, at the bank at 48, if he said, okay, so lift up your head as you walk out the door, because you're going to, you're going to write some books, you're going to do a podcast and you're going to, I'm going to use you and encourage people. And it's like, oh my gosh, what? I I don't think I could do that. You know, so it was very little by little in his timing. And so it it's just encouraging. And I, you know, it's just a humbling experience to be used by God. Like it's just, 
it's amazing. And I just want to encourage women that they, they have a purpose, they have a calling and it can be an intimidating word, but it doesn't have to be because it's whatever God is calling them to do in that particular season of their life. So that's a lot that you've shared. And I admire you did all that without taking a drink, (laughs) stopping. I mean, you can tell that that story is very embedded on your heart and it means a lot for you to be able to share it for the encouragement and inspiration of women who don't always have the bigger picture or have the guide eyes, God eyes or the spiritual perspective of what is occurring and what's happening in their lives. You know, when God calls us, you know, sometimes he does it in a very different way. And, you know, like you said, it would have overwhelmed you. He loved you so much. He didn't want to um, just throw you to the wolves. He wanted to, uh, you know, give you some time to get settled into your, you know, roll back at home and maybe go through. I mean, I don't know about you, but I went through a little bit of a grieving process when I lost my identity, you know, in terms of moving out of the roles I always had in corporate America into um, a different role where maybe, you know, that calling was so different than the calling that I had when I was, you know, in leadership, management, all those things. Um, So, you know, God knows, he knows, he knows. And what's so cool is that you and I wouldn't even be here communicating if that hadn't happened or my calling, you know, that our obedience, you know, sometimes God does have to shut us down. I mean, that had to happen to me too. You know, there was a, a change there and an unexpected change in the organization that it was working in it focused on the family. And there was, no longer the direction, you know, that I was hired to be included in there. Things were changing and it was no longer a good fit for me. And so stepping out and, you know, moving into a more feeling more floundering or kind of, I don't know, um, unknown uncertainty, you know, even though there are so many prophetic words, I mean, that and God does go ahead of us. I mean, that's what's really cool. We not only made a change in the career I was in, but I also moved to the Kansas City area from Colorado, which that was a change too, because I'd spent all my time back there and consider it my home. And so it it just, you know, God sometimes has to do those things to get us to depending on him getting us to letting him take the lead in steps and trusting him for what it is that he's doing. And then as he is the gentleman, as you shared, man, he starts opening doors in places and really affirming you and, you know, keeping you encouraged and, and all those things. I mean, I personally stepped out of being a broadcast journalist when I was younger. I really wanted to 
uh, do a lot more in journalism, in terms of broadcast journalism. I wanted a talk show, all those things. I would have never thought ever, ever that I would have walked the stage at the age I was finishing up my education at Colorado Christian or doing what I'm doing now, starting a nonprofit, a podcast like you. I, I didn't know a whole lot about podcasting. And thank God for Spark, right? And thank God for Christian Podcasters Association and for others that God brings across our path. So I really loved and can relate to your story. And I'm sure there are other women out there, even men, because we do have some men listeners that probably can relate to that and being in the desert for a period of time and trying to figure out where you need to be and get your footing again, right? Exactly. And he does a work on us too, because what was surprising to me that was a realization is I had never thought of myself as a prideful person at all, because you think of a prideful person as being like very haughty and all of that. But I learned a lot about myself. And I think at that period of time, between the time I left the corporate career and then the time that I began working, you know, in the church, it was um, a time of pruning because this pridefulness was kind of rising up. It's like, well, you know, when you have been on top or you've gotten a lot of awards or, you know, and it's, it's like, and then all of a sudden you're not there. And all of that is like, meaningless. And so, God did a really big work on me. And I know that He uses change oftentimes to make us move. And when we look at the things that are changing in our life, sometimes it can cause a lot of fear and apprehension and, like you say, fear of the unknown. Uh, But to look at it a little differently and have the perspective, like a godly perspective and a more of a Christian worldview perspective of this is something new God is doing. It's not just an end of something. It's a new beginning for something else because we can let go of the things that he wants us to let go of that we've gripped so tightly that never really belonged to us in the first place. (laughs) So, we learn a lot. (laughs) We do. We do. And it's a a growth process, right? And it's painful. It can be very, very painful. I mean, I know um, having managed a lot of change in corporate America prior, I have a uh, certification in change management that I got. And um, I helped a lot of companies go through some mm-hmm. of the changes as a result of programs, those kinds of things that they brought in that changed people's jobs and all kinds of processes and everything. So I had a really good grasp and understanding on the behavioral aspects of it. But man, when it's you, that's going through it. Yes. Um, you really walk the talk, mm-hmm. let me tell you. So, and you know, every day is a new day, right? Yes. Every day is a new day. And we, we've been through so much change with this coronavirus. <laughs> I guess God was preparing us, right, Doris? Right. Yes. And so many amazing things have come to, I mean, it's been such a difficult season for everyone. And you know, it, it's been hard because especially those who have lost loved ones and, you know, other other things through the pandemic, you know, they couldn't visit their family members in, you know, assisted living or, you know, wherever. Those are such difficult times. And 
the things that allow God allows us to go through helps to build strength and character in our dependence on him. And it, it's an opportunity for us to have those conversations with other people who are hurting, you know, some opportunities we may not have otherwise had to be able to share hope with people because the world is looking for some hope <laughs> for sure. And we know where they can get it. <laughs> yes. And you're doing that too, as part of, part of your calling. And I really appreciated it, your story. And again, coming on the show and sharing from your heart, sharing, you know, lots of little stories about who you are and what brought you to where you are. And I love that. And um, can you share with, before we wrap up, um, with the listeners, Doris, like where can people listen to your podcast? Uh, where can they purchase your book? And also any resources for anyone listening that may be struggling, you know, with trying to find their purpose. Uh, one of the best ways to find me is at daraswift.com. And on there, I have links to my Facebook page. I have a, a Facebook page called Walking Deeper with Dara Swift. And I, I am on Twitter and a few other places. But daraswift.com is where they can find my podcast. And the player is right there embedded so they can listen to it there. Or they can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever they like to listen to their podcasts. And I would love if people would do that and just connect with me. I love to hear stories of others. And, and um, there's some resources on my website that they can grab for free. Uh, at the top in the menu, there is a resource called Simple Tips for Sharing Your Faith. And it's a great, really handy, easy resource that people can just download and print out and share the gospel with someone. And it has scriptures and just little tips about that because sometimes it's hard sharing our faith. And there's a, an ebook also called Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling, which is a really short, easy read. And it has a little bit more about my grace story and um, it, you know, just encouragement there and some other things too. Like I have, scripture verses that are for fighting fear and they'll see that all on my website. So I would love if they would check that out. Thank you, Doris. I appreciate it. And um, again, uh, Doris, thank you for being on the show. And now friends for our next bonus episode of me mom moments, who is your daddy? Hi, y'all. I'm Sandy Williams, Board Vice President for Altered Stories Ministry, and this is Meemaw's Moments. I will be sharing stories about being a Meemaw, which is the name my grandkids gave me, the sweetest of all my names. I keep my grandkids almost every day, and I hope to share some fun stories that I've experienced, as well as lessons I've tried to teach, all scattered with biblical principles. I will share lessons learned that I try to translate from my Texas-based childhood and Southern ancestors to my grandchildren's lives today. When my grandchildren came, I purposed to be the same good example to them as my grandparents were for me, to be there for them, to love them like I was loved, and teach them about Jesus, family, and our strong country values, and maybe some good old country music. 
I believe we are responsible for generations after us. I want my grandkids to know my grandparents and my parents and those strong country values through me. Today's segment is called, Who's Your Daddy? When my mama became so sick that she could no longer stay with us at home, it was really hard on all of our family. I know many of you know exactly what I mean. It was hard for those of us that drove 700 miles a month to see her, hard on those close to her nursing home that expected to be at a full-time job, hard for all of us to watch her slip away from us a little at a time. As she grew more fragile, she had moments of dementia. They were short and almost not noticeable at first. My grandkids went with me many times to see their momet. They loved her very much. She lived with us for a while before she got so ill, and oh, how she loved each one of them. So her comment this particular day had them a bit confused. You see, my dad died long before my grandkids arrived, so they never knew him. They knew of him because I told them some of his stories, but they didn't know him, not like they did their moment. One particular event stays with me. Several of us were visiting with her and all talking about family and old times. When my mama spoke up and said, I know who your daddy was, pointing to my younger sister, but who was your daddy, pointing at me? And I said, well, who do you think my daddy was, mama? And she said, I wish I knew. My foundation tilted just for a moment, trying not to be in complete shock because we did understand about the dementia. I looked at my aunt who was sitting across from me and she was simply shaking her head no. No, you don't worry about that. No, we are not going there. With her eyes and her body language, she let me know that she knew who my daddy was. No worries. In that moment, my foundation got solid again. That is what we build for our children. Their parents, brothers, sisters, grandparents, their aunts, uncles, their cousins, their family. We all build that foundation. All children need to know that where they are standing right now is on solid ground. It's one of those stop you moments when you have to explain to your grandbaby why your mother didn't know who your daddy was. Thankfully, this particular time, the dementia was caused by an infection and my mama got better for a while after that spell. My grandkids know who their grandparents and great-grandparents are, not because they met them, but because they've been told the stories. The stories are, after all, their stories. To my precious Aunt Jody, who has been there for me any time and every time that I needed that solid connection, that precious, strong family tie. Thank you for always being there and loving me unconditionally. My grandkids do know you. You are our elder. We honor you. We love you. My grandkids will learn to honor, respect, and treat our elders well because you are actively engaged in their lives. The word of our Lord says in 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. We ask blessings today and always on our elders. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, Meemaw says, wherever you go, go with all your heart. Until the next show, be heard and be Heal. 
Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 